Well, that really does happen in real life, but imagine if you, like, make a genuine effort to try and talk to hundreds and thousands of people via social media every day. That's going to happen more and more, and eventually you have, like, a little core audience of people who are, like, like true fans. They, they don't feel like they just like you from afar. They interact with you. They're like a little core of apostles. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing, the show where we go deep with the, the real deal marketers who are making it happen out there every day to find out some of the stuff they did uh, that surprised even them and how well or how terribly unwell it worked. Today, I'm really glad to bring my guest on, a guy who I've known for a number of years and uh, have always admired for his brains and his ability to communicate. He's incredibly funny uh, in in his uh, uh, social persona. I don't want to put him on the spot like he's got to yuck it up in this interview <laughs> here. But uh, he's a guy who, one of these cats that every time I see him post, it's always thoughtful, it's always insightful, and this is not a man who backs down from a fight. And he uh, has been known to start one or two. Not an internet fight. I want to be clear. <laughs> an internet fight, not yeah, street fight. You may, yeah. you may hightail. Yeah, I'm running from fisticuffs. <laughs> so help me welcome Colin Terrio to the show. Thanks for coming on, Colin. I appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bro. I've been looking forward to this. Um, you and I first kind of got to know each other way back in the day. There was this. Uh, and I don't know what's become of it. I don't want to talk about it like it's a thing of the past if it if it's not. But uh, TMN uh, was the what the marketing network is that what it was? Uh, Talk marketing now. Talk marketing now. That was it. Yeah, and it was. Um, it's funny. Everybody's on this like lab I am thing now. Yeah. And basically, it was on software that was a lot like that. It was like hot conference or something. Is right. what it was called at the time. It's basically like like a chat room where someone can take over the video and lock people out. So it was like a chat room slash talk show. Right. And they just lined a bunch of people together who had shows one after the other. So we all would like hang out in the overlap. Like, you know, you would have your show and then everybody who was a guest on that show would stick around for the next one and then you could finish your show and then yeah. you'd be a guest. So like... Yeah. We had tons of chats there. Uh, Brian McLeod was yep. there, too. Yeah. I think of it like now, Look, and it wasn't that long ago. I mean, mm-hmm. was, no, you know, a couple of years. A few years ago, but things move so fast in this industry. I think of it now almost like you hear about the great days in comedy of like the comedy store, right? Mm-hmm. And when on any given night, you know, Letterman and Robin Williams and Richard Pryor and Jay Leno and all these cats were just hanging out waiting to do time. Right. It was almost like that, where so many people who had shows on there have gone on to really flourish. Yeah, I mean, the amount of insane, high-value content, especially, like, after hours, when, like, no one had a show, yeah. and it was just open mic, and, like, on a Friday night, all these, like, great copywriters who have, like, settled down and have families and aren't going out partying on Friday nights <laughs> right. would, uh, would show up and talk till, like, 4 or 5 in the morning sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a magical time. <laughs> it was not, it, now long past, never to come again. That's right. Well, <laughs> so you took that energy. Uh, you know, the, I'll tell you what. The one big takeaway I think is worth mentioning to me from that was uh, the idea of having a vehicle and calling it a show, right? Yeah. yeah it, so you'd say, powerful. yeah, you'd say, I have this show, and I remember like Chris Haddad writing to me and going. Hey man, when are you gonna have me on your show? <laughs> and I'm thinking, dude, I what you know? There's usually like, you know, maybe thirty people on the thing, and right. it's this and wonky it's the, software. It's the, it's the same thirty people every yeah. too. So I'm thinking, I'm not gonna invite my, uh, you know, people who uh, at a certain level. But then I realized, no, nah, man, it, it's like it's people who come on like really dug it. We I ended up having this was one of the first interviews I did with Carlton. He came on, and uh, you know, it was just. It was it was cool because 
the other thing it, it made me realize was anytime you can assemble people who are passionate in this business, uh, it, you know, people are in, in for it, right? Even if they're like some high-level guru or whatever. Yeah, even, even if you just get to watch a conversation between two people who know what they're talking about on the subject, yeah. it's super addicting. And I totally like stole that idea as like I'm going to start a community for copywriters. And right. Like, that's basically what I've been doing since. I stopped doing that show. Yeah, so you, you you pretty much took the energy you created there, probably found your real like voice of authority, and uh, you know I, I'm going to speak for you, but I had the sense that you were always really smart, had a lot of cool interests, but you were a guy who re- really understand the art of persuasion and what made people react, right? And I, I think that's probably where the concept for what is now. Just you know, unbelievable juggernaut, thirteen thousand member community of the cult of copy. Yeah, it's it's fourteen now. Actually, 14, we, broke, wow. we broke we broke fourteen uh, last week, I think. Holy smokes! Wow, congratulations! That's incredible. Thank you. That's, Thank you. And you know, so talk about that because I know it started with just a few guys in a in a closed Facebook room. Tell me how you get from like twelve guys to fourteen thousand people. Um. Well, at at the time. Everybody like at the time I was doing a lot of copy reviews, like like looking over sales letters for launches and helping you know punch it up and maximize all the conversions, go through the checklist, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like the way I figured out to market that service was to get in good with all the guys who teach like product creation because they basically create new customers for me every day. <laughs> yeah. And at the time, like those guys who had coaching programs, Skype chat rooms were like the hot thing as like a bonus. So if you Mm -hmm. come into my coaching program, I have like a Skype chat room and all of you guys are in there and you can help each other out and I'll pop in from time to time. So I was in like a dozen or so of those just chatting with like people in my industry all day and between various tasks, you know, you just leave Skype open and you pop in whenever you're bored. Yeah. And through that, I met basically a bunch of cool people who are, were like me and just on Skype all day, ready to chat about copywriting and persuasion. So I started my own little Skype group, and that was going fine at the time. And then I just found myself like checking out Facebook and spending more and more time on Facebook. So I'm like, dudes, I'm barely in here anymore. If you happen to also be spending a lot of time on Facebook, here's where I open the group on Facebook. You can come over and join and it was basically the same sort of thing happening in that group at first. Uh, and, like, I had the name for the group Cult of Copy one time when I was on vacation and, like, just filed it away. You know, like, that's a cool name. I should start a cult someday. And it was just one of those things where, like, it, it didn't feel momentous or anything. It was just like, oh, yeah, I can call this the Cult of Copy. I had that, like, on the back burner to use for something. Let's just call this that. Right. And then... I started inviting people into the community and people would like share really good resources and the file section and the conversation was a cut above what you would find in a community that's built to market to people. It was really a peer community, like professional discussion going on. Mm -hmm. And like we, like we said, it was a draw, you know, like seeing people who write copy for a living talking about copy for everybody who wants to get better at copy like that's the stuff. Like, there, what what better source is there to learn than when professionals are discussing the craft, like literally right now in front of you? Right. So it just grew and grew and grew, and as it grew, like I I sort of shifted it into being like like my channel. Like you said, I had a show in there, and it was known that like I was the curator slash editor slash cult leader of the group. And just, like, I don't want to make it seem like I had a master plan or anything, but really it was just like I ran the group as if I wanted it to be the group that I would hang out in all day as a fan. Like, if it existed, I would be in there spending the time in there. And a lot of marketing groups at the time do this thing where, like, they want to be democratic and they want to be fair to everybody and, like, some people are lame, so they say you can't share anything if it's self-promotion. Yeah, I hate that, yeah. And it sort of holds the whole group back 
to the level of expertise of the like least experienced people in the room. Yeah. So the way I ran mine is like it's just a, merit- a meritocracy. If you post something awesome, sure, be self-promotional. If you're yeah. lame or I don't know who you are, you can't do that. I remember yeah. one time, you know uh, Lawton Childs? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he lives near me. Like we're we're local buddies, and we have lunch uh, now and then. In fact, I owe him one. Uh, anyway, uh, he posted something kind of self promotional in the group, and then somebody was like, "Oh, why does he get to do that? I didn't get to do that." I'm like, "Lawton bought me lunch the other day. You want to? <laughs> if you want to come to Georgia and buy me lunch, yeah, I'll let you get away it. with a little a little something, but." <laughs> It it just was a different vibe than a lot of the communities out there, and right. it, like it wasn't a list master. of rules. Yeah, you, yeah. It, like I, the thing with the rules, like you go into some of these groups, and there's like a wall of fifty rules <laughs> that yeah. are there because yeah. like every, it's basically some idiot pushes the boundaries, right? And you got to make another rule or clarify a rule, and eventually you have like a hundred rules, and you have people who are good who are going to follow all the rules and then the people who are bad who aren't going to follow the rules whether they're posted or not yeah right and they're going to try and find a way to weasel around it yeah and then you have an argument about what the rules right. are so i'm like i'm not going to post the rules if i tell you i don't want it in my group like that's it i don't have to explain why it's it's because i said yeah <laughs> right right <laughs> as a, a father to small children that's the tag you have to take but <laughs> right what it really is is if you don't post a bunch of rules and just kind of create the expectation that people are supposed to behave like adults, they do. Like, they rise to meet that expectation. Yeah. And, it, like, the spammers I have a problem with are, like, it's not even that they're confused. Like, they don't cr- give a crap about the rules anyway. And even right. when I'm not there to kick them out immediately, the group culture is so strong. Right. Sometimes I'll wake up and there'll be a thread where a spammer is like mocked mercilessly by the members for like a hundred <laughs> comments before I even wake up in the morning. And then I'm like, I want to delete this because it's spam and you guys keep popping it to the top of the board by discussing it. <laughs> and some of these burns are hilarious. <laughs> you know? so right, right. It's, it's, it's really just worked out well. And it was just one of those perfect storm things where like the idea and the availability and the way the market was going where everybody was kind of jumping on Facebook right. and, it was an opportunity to do something slightly different with a Facebook group than other people were doing. And now, like, not to say I was an originator, because a lot of other people kind of jumped in at the same time as me, but, like, there are a lot more groups like mine versus just, like, marketing, commercialism, posting your JV offers and everything like it was popular at the time. Like, a lot more real quality discussion groups have sprung up. Right. Um over the past couple of years and I'm, I'm really pleased to be one of the people who are seen as like this guy helped start that that's right yeah it's great man it's a real it's a real um it's just a cool place to come and and be among peers like you said and uh you know you you bring a certain vibe to it because of your interest and Naturally, people want to uh, are drawn to similar interest, and they want to impress you, which is the mark of a good leader, <laughs> right? And so, yeah. In uh, fact, in fact, uh, I was at an event recently where I don't know if you know Dan Meredith. Yeah, sure. Big burly guy, muscular beard. Yeah. He comes up to me and says, "I'll be honest with you, man. I was actually kind of intimidated to ever approach you and talk to you because you have like this reputation." <laughs> <laughs> like really it's like yeah man like like you're you're spooky and people are scared because they know like <laughs> like you can tear them to pieces online i'm like but i'm such a nice guy he's like i know you should show that more no one knows you're a teddy bear right right well you know you, you do the stuff that i think a lot of people just aren't up for for one or two reasons like you 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 embrace a a, a battle like you said an internet battle mm-hmm. uh you've taken on you had a, a famous one with uh, well, I'll say who it is, Robert Bly, mm-hmm. about language. You know, he he took this, uh, you know, he took up issue with, with another marketer's language in a subject line he wrote in an email or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you called him out and it really became about choice. And, and I don't want to maybe rehash that whole thing, but it was just fascinating to read these two opposing views and uh, – I, I just love that you never back down. Like you're, you're never sitting there thinking, "Oh, how's this going to affect my my career? What if I ever maybe Robert Bly won't send me a lead? 
Like you could care less because I think your, no, your, your, your I point mean, is that you're because you're being <laughs> yourself, you get to write your own rules because you're getting paid to do what is interesting to you. And by being sort of like transparent, right, and genuine, that yeah, that yeah. that is your fu money, right? Exactly, exactly. Like I have found. I mean, I I did promise them that we wouldn't like you know speak badly of each other in public anymore because it did get heated for a while. I took like I want to open and say like I totally respect the guy. He's got an amazing career. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where I feel like it's a very old school attitude. Mm-hmm. that comes from a day when your copy was getting mailed to strangers mm-hmm. and it would be the kind of thing where they would be very offended and you don't know that you might accidentally offend somebody and it, it can affect your, your business, right? Yeah. With the way the internet is, I'm like this all the time. So the only people sticking around and listening to me already know that and like it and I keep finding more and more of them. I'm not concerned that oh, no, I shot myself in the foot because some people don't like cussing, and I cuss a lot very casually. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't bother me. And the fact that I'm going to lose those people is okay with me because there's plenty of other people that are going to write for them, and I'm serving an audience that wants what I have. I'm not concerned with the people that don't want it. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. like, Kentucky Fried Chicken is not worried about, like, how to get people to eat at their restaurant that don't like chicken. Right. You know, like, How do we get the vegetarians in here? It, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like, they're, You're just not concerned with people who are not in your market. And if yeah. you don't want like sassiness and attitude yeah, that's, and, it, and like being yourself is not your thing and you want to like put on a professional image and all that, that's yeah. totally fine. But yeah. you don't have to because the, the way the internet is, the, I, I think the explanation I tried to use at the time was back in the day you had this like professional mask. You had to put on to get your foot in the door, and it was like this pageantry of business that existed, right? You had to wear the suit, have a nice haircut, drive a nice car, have a firm handshake, all of this stuff. Right. And then when that was done, you would take your client out to the bar and cuss and (laughs) tell dirty stories and 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 loosen the tie and roll up the sleeves, and that's where the real deals are made. Right. And my point is, with the way the internet is, you're already in the bar after hours. You don't ever have to put on the mask at all mm. in the first place. You can you can create that environment where it's like we're we're just having fun and being ourselves. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the image that you have to put out there. And that's kind of the vibe I wanted my Facebook group to have: is that it's behind the scenes, it's backstage. In other words, right, you know, right. It's, it's it's the stuff people say when the cameras are off, except the cameras are on. I love it. That's that's great. Yeah, that's the thing is that look, you got to do what's comfortable for you. And so much about transparency and all this, and a lot of it you can feel is is contrived sometimes for, for, for people. It's like they sit and they think, "How can I do a really transparent sounding video?" <laughs> right? Like it's right. this thing now that you can choose to be. Right. Right. Like how to. Be authentic, and like you need it. <laughs> Seven you need steps. It, like yeah. you need instructions for that. Yeah. Like how about just don't do anything inauthentic. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just weird. Like like you said, I, I feel like I'm authentic by default, and I have to do other stuff to not be. Yeah, sure. And then it seems like so many other people live in that that mask that they don't even know how to take it off. That's and, truth. Ooh, so hollow. I, I don't know. It it's, seems... it's, 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 it's a crappy feeling. It, the thing is that people, um, uh, this is a great lesson, and we haven't even gotten to the, the big question yet. So <laughs> this is a really good interview already. But there's such a great lesson in that when you stop trying to please everybody and you just, you're not only being yourself, but you understand who it is you're trying to attract into your world. Like you said, you wanted the people that you enjoyed <laughs> having conversations with at the bar after the, at the end of the seminar, you know, um, it's not about handing out business cards or shaking hands and networking. It's about, Hey, let's hang out and have an actual conversation, find out we have all this stuff in common and actually become friends. Right. Absolutely. And, and when you, when you have that sort of, you know, uh, focus, the people who hear your message, they go, Whoa, 
what is this? Like, it, it, it suddenly feels different than anything else they've come across. And whether you're selling or just trying to make relationships or whatever you're doing, there's nothing more powerful than like a genuine bond of that nature rather than trying all the copy tricks or all the other stuff in the world that's going to, you know, i.e., you know, like compel somebody to, to take action. Yeah, yeah. And all, a lot of those copy tricks, again, come from that old school world where you're stuffing envelopes and who knows who's going to open yeah. it. Yeah. When you're on the internet, it's like, it's almost even more like intimate, not like woo-woo, but, you know, like like getting to know someone more deeply than you would if you met them face-to-face because, yeah. like, I can click on your timeline and look at your family photos and learn all this stuff about you and know who it is that I'm talking to without you even being aware of what I know, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I can know a lot more about you than what you told me directly because it's just right there. We're on social media. So it's like, yeah. it's, it can be an even deeper, more connected relationship than what you would get if you only met that person in real life at a conference. Yeah, good, and, good point. Because that, that, that's a new thing. This was not the case five, six, seven years ago that you could go to this place and click on somebody's and see see inside their life. Yeah, yeah. And... and it if you're comfortable doing that in any way it's highly recommended that you run your business that way because like like when i had the big dust up with with lie there's nothing he could say that would damage me in front of my core audience because it just it became comical right like you can you can say that like Bad language is immature and childish, and my audience is like, "Haha, totally, yeah," <laughs> you know, because like, those are the people that are drawn to me. That's who I yeah. built an audience around, and like, right. yeah, I am losing some customers, but it turns out that there's enough, you know, goofballs on the internet that I make a very nice living, living among my own people and not bothering anybody else. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not putting dirty words in envelopes and mailing them to strangers and saying, <laughs> "Ah, you have to accept." <laughs> right. I just yeah. hang up my shingle and it says the F word on it and people like that and hang around, we're yeah. good. Right. No, exactly right. It's self it's a self selecting world we live in now. Um, yes. And you know, everybody talks about information overwhelm and the, the the solution to that and what people are doing is selecting where they get their information from. Yeah. And so when you're authentic to yourself, and you speak like you do all the time, uh, you attract the, the right kind of people. It's pretty simple, but really uninstinctual for a lot of people. Right. You can wear flip-flops and order a Bud Light and like a martini bar, but you'd probably be more comfortable in the pool hall down the street. You know what I mean? Like right. it's the same drink and you can't get it in both places, but one place feels comfortable mm. and gets you and the other place doesn't. Yeah, that's a good analogy. And I mean, you know, like... We're in the same field, copywriting. Like, there's really nothing been said new about copywriting in like a hundred years. Right, right. It's the same stuff, and the difference between me and you is our perspective and our experience and our point of view, and it makes like a package for that information. And what social media lets you do when you show people your life, it's like we, we talked about masks before, the word persona means mask. Like, uh, you know, the tragedy and comedy masks? Yeah. Well, like, that comes from Roman times when you didn't have PA systems. Those masks had little megaphones inside them. Hmm. So, like, if you're in nosebleed seats in ancient Rome and you can't hear or see very well, they wear these exaggerated masks that have a mouthpiece on it, right? So if you imagine when you're online doing your social media as a business person, you're giving people that mask. You're allowing them to see the world through your eyes and your perspective and your interpretations of the information are why they follow you or not follow you. It's not whether you have the information or not, because it's the internet that you can find out literally any information you want to know from a million different places just by Googling and digging. Right. What they want from you is perspective and a point of view and a personality and an interpretation, somebody to tell them what the information means and how to use it. Yeah. So literally like like the whole struggle you used to have to have an ISP I'm sorry USP like mm-hmm. to make your information unique yeah you don't have to do that because you can just use your own personality every person's unique mm-hmm. you just have to embrace it and put it out there 
And like I said, it creates this brand around your information so that you and I could both explain to people how to write a sales letter. And it's going to be like tactically probably very similar, but the attitude and the delivery and the jokes are all going to be different. And it actually makes it so that like the market gets even bigger. We're not in competition yes. with each other. Somebody right. would buy my sales letter template and yours right. and John Carlton's. Not like they're not picking one because yeah. it's the best. They want them all. Right. Because all the points of view are all valuable. Right, exactly. No, I love that. And that's the thing. Again, what a it's really a blessing to be in this business where we're we're allowed to have that attitude and not feel like everybody's a competitor because like you said, there's no shortage of people who want this information. And it's ridiculous to think that just one person could teach you everything you need to know about it because of perspective, like you said. Um, you, you and I could take one, let's say there's 10 components of, of a, a good sales letter, and we could each probably point out three things about each component that the other might not teach exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. And any student of this game sees that and, and goes... Yeah, I want it all. They don't have to pick a camp. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's great. All right, so now we've talked about like, these amazing accomplishments already, right? Uh, <laughs> you you know, finding your, your what I call the voice of authority, realizing, ah, uh, I'm a good teacher. The, these are my subjects that I'm most inspired by. People seem to be reacting to this. You take that energy, you create a 14,000-plus uh, group on 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 Facebook, but that is not the answer to the essential question of the show, uh, which you think it would be. <laughs> uh, so this is great. We're going to get into now, like the real meat of an actual case study. So, Colin, what is the one thing you've done in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? Um, having a Facebook group like I do is really interesting because it's like a laboratory, and you can try really just all kinds of interesting things. So I knew I wanted to make products. So the normal way of making info products in our market is like you have a beautiful slide deck and you do like a really amped up energetic voiceover and you put it in a membership site and like it just wasn't working for me. I didn't want to do the work. So I'm like, how about you guys just like pay me to come to a webinar next week and we'll talk about XYZ. And I've created over a dozen products doing that. And then I even created a product teaching people how to make products like that. Mm. Then just little different experiments like that. Like, okay, how, how can I make it so I get to do something I want to do and get my audience to pay me for it because they're interested in it? So like the, very, the most recent one, I'm doing a training this afternoon after we get off this call for a thing. I didn't really invent it, but I... You know, it's a marketing thing. You make up a little name for whatever it is yeah, that you're sure. doing. So I called it micro-memberships. And what it came from, the first one I did was like two weeks ago. And that HBO show um, last week tonight with John Oliver yep. did a little expose of televangelists. Yeah. And while he's going through it, he's going through mail that different televangelists sent him. And I'm noticing what I know are old school direct marketing tricks like putting a dollar bill in the envelope because no you know who put a dollar in my mail right like right, right. that's a very old school like lead generation thing sending money or attention grabber yeah 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 it's just like they, in the video game industry they used to call them feelies mm. like when the video game came with like a cloth map or like a mm. coin from ancient mystery land or whatever yeah they would throw that stuff in the box and it was right. like a cool extra so I think of it as feelies. So anyway, this guy's sending feelies out, and I'm like, I want to know what else these guys are mailing out. So I start looking online, and like nobody has what we call like a swipe file of that industry. Like people collect all the junk mail and emails that they can from an industry they're studying, but for whatever reason, marketers hadn't gotten a big file on tel- on televangelists, right? Mm-hmm. So I said I could be that guy. So I just went to PayPal, I made like a $10 subscription link, and said, hey, I'm going to start an email list and a Facebook group, and if enough people join, I'll have enough money, I'll actually rent a P.O. box and get like a burner phone and a prepaid debit card, and I'll start making donations to these guys so we get on the good list, and then I'll scan in their stuff, 
and we'll look at it and discuss it. It'll be educational. Like, not that we're going to go into the televangelism industry, but these guys are doing interesting things that maybe no one in marketing is thinking to do. Right. And we can, like, kind of drag it back into the light and see what we can do with some of this stuff. And I found out some amazing stuff so far just being on the email list. Like, I haven't even started getting printed mail yet. Hmm. But, like, immediately within my existing audience, like, 50 people jumped on board with this thing. So now I'm getting paid, like, 500 bucks a month, which, you know, it's not, like, life-changing money, but I'm getting paid to do research that I wanted to do anyway. Yeah. And all I have to do is share it with people, which, like, incentivizes me to actually, like, look at the stuff and study it. So, like, that's amazing to me, because normally in a business, if you're an expert, you only get paid to dump out what's in your brain. Right. Right? Now I'm getting paid to feed my brain new stuff that wasn't in there before. And then eventually I'm sure it's going to percolate down and it's going to get spit back out and I'm going to get paid to spit that out, right? I'm going to get paid for the stuff that I'm learning, but I'm getting paid to discover it in the first place. So then I launched another one of these little micro-memberships where I said, like, I got an office full of business books that I haven't read yet. What if you pay me 10 bucks a month and I'll read a new book every week and I'll do, like, a little book report on it and tell you if it's good or not and tell you what the good bits were? And again, it, the whole appeal of it, it's like there's tons of services that do executive summaries for books. Yeah. But my for my fan base, getting my take on the book is what right. they want. Yeah. Because it's different. I'm not just summarizing the book. I'm yeah. saying like here's what's relevant to what we all do and talk about every day. Yeah. Your filter, your, again, perspective is the key. Right. And like some of the books on the list that I have aren't even business or marketing books. But I'm reading them because I want to learn the stuff that's in it. Like I have a book about uh, like famous con artists. Right. And normally the person typically reading that book would be like just a fan of history or whatever. But I'm reading it for like, okay, what are the persuasion lessons we can learn from these guys, which is unique. It creates new info. But again, I'm, I'm getting paid. I, I think of it as lost time. Like before, if I wanted to read those books, I would do it after work. Right. Because that's my time to feed my brain. But now I'm getting paid to do that mm. also. So, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like like <laughs> it, it feels like an innovation for me as yeah. a, a lazy person who has no business <laughs> being in business at all. <laughs> Suddenly right. finding a new income stream where it's like, it's not just like go backstage, learn stuff, come on stage, teach it. Now right. I'm like... Now I'm getting paid to be like, hey, buy a backstage pass and come back here and watch me learn this stuff. And then I'll go on stage and teach and get paid to do that too. So it's like yeah. monetizing all this previous lost time. That's great. Doing this one little thing. And then like another one I did was uh, I have a, a jobs group on Facebook where yeah. people can post for hiring copywriters. So I'm like, why don't you pay me 10 bucks a month? I'll make a PDF list and distribute it to all the business groups I'm in that will let me give them a copy. Yeah. So now I have a directory of that, and there's like 30 people in there in the first issue. I only launched it like a week ago, and all I have to do is update a spreadsheet every month, but everybody wins. It's like a big value for everybody, and I get paid 300 bucks to update a spreadsheet that like has my logo and my group URL on it. So right. sending out a list of a bunch of awesome copywriters sure does awesome things for my brand. Yeah. But it's a win-win-win all around. So Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to teach this to other people because I've never had a thing that's, like, this easy to do, you know? Like, yeah. Like, you don't even have to know anything. You could be, like, like if, if you think Facebook ads are awesome and you want to learn how to do Facebook ads, normally you would go buy a course and try to learn how to do it. And if you figure it out and got good at it, maybe you'll, like, teach other people how to do it and make a product. Well, with this model, you're like, hey, I want to learn how to do Facebook ads. Why don't you guys pay me? I'll buy the products, learn how to do it, and we'll do tutorials together. And, like, I'll be the guinea pig, right? Yeah. And that's valuable to people because they don't, they don't have the time and they might not have the funds on their own. But by contributing together, like... Yeah, it's, it's like, like a group buy in a sense with... Yeah, yeah. And, like, I'm not saying you plagiarize and share the material. I'm saying you yeah. you learn it you and you create yeah. the new hands-on stuff. Because, like, right. like, when you have a product that's taught by an expert who does this stuff as second nature, that's one thing. But then when you have the study notes 
by someone who learned from that guy as a beginner, it fills in all the cracks that the expert might have missed because you're a beginner and you had to fill in those cracks and that's useful for beginners. It's, uh, I've heard it explained like as a Sherpa kind of thing. The guru is at the top of the mountain and he can teach you a lot once you get there, but you need a Sherpa who's only two steps in front of you to help you climb the mountain in mm. the first place. Mm. So you can be the Sherpa instead of, eventually you can be the guru, mm. but if you're just starting out, just be the Sherpa. You don't have to say, look, I'm a guru, I'm an expert. Yeah. Just say, look, I'm learning this, I'm doing it. If you want to jump in this group and discuss it and we'll all learn it together, it's just a few bucks a month. That's great. I love it. It's brilliant. It, it's the thing, I hear this term all the time and it can be frustrating because people say, you know, don't think about the money, just just serve and the money will come, right? And yeah. that can be the most annoying thing to hear when you don't know <laughs> what the hell you would ever charge for it, right? But right. This, this to me is a great example of, you know, yeah, sure, you, 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 it takes time and you have to pick a subject, but you're probably an expert in something. And now you have to find out if there's a lot of other people who might be interested to learn more. And then you have to uh, go out and lead uh, that community. And remember that Cult of Copy started with, a handful of dudes, uh, guys and girls, I'm sure, who were first on Skype and then moved to Facebook. And it just grew because it never stopped being what it really was, uh, you know, a real yeah, it's, authentic it's, conversation. It's just, yeah, exactly. Conversations. If you can set up a place that has really good current conversations about whatever your core topic is, that is like the highest order of attractiveness to someone who's interested in that topic because yeah. it's like like think about it i'm interested in like off the top of my head let's just say like fly fishing because mm -hmm. that's something i know absolutely nothing about but i want to learn about it mm -hmm. i can buy a book i can watch some videos online or i can join a community where people are talking about it which gives me the advantage of being able to ask questions and like interact with people who are also learning yeah. like which which one's going to be the most appealing i say like the community, because like people just like interacting with people more. You know, yeah. I'm sure there are some people that would rather just buy the book and learn it at home, but that's there's no interaction there. There's no question. There's no like. It's, there's uh, no one. There's no one you can brag to when you succeed at it. You know? Yeah, it's you know what I call it is immersive learning, and I, I think yeah. that's the difference maker because uh, you can never be more engaged with something than when you're having a discussion about it. And it's one thing to, you know, drive by a topic and go, hmm, that's something I should check out one day, uh, as opposed to being dropped into the middle of it. And even if you're not participating heavily, just being aware of the conversation, being interested in what happens next. And like you said, knowing that somebody's in charge here going, hey, all right, today I learned this and this is Let's discuss it, and tomorrow it's going to be this part of you know whatever it is, and uh, it now you know you you have to find a way to force yourself to pay attention if yeah. you want to learn anything. And what I love that you did is not only have done that, which you've been doing probably all the way back from the TMN days, but now you found a way to get paid a very fair amount uh, uh, for doing it. You know, and teaching other people how to get paid to do it as well. Just killer, man. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. No, it's, it's, it's going really well. And I, I would say, in answer to your question, that's like, that this year, that's been the new thing that I've done, which is funny because, like, I've done all the big stuff. I've done, yeah. like, expensive products and launches and, you know, mentoring and all the high-level high, up, high level stuff. I've never really messed around with cheap things. Mm-hmm. But this was the first thing I did where I felt like, in my mind, I never want to sell my information for cheap because I know how valuable it is when it's like my stuff. Yeah. But for this, it's not even my stuff. Right. You know, like, like I'm just reacting to stuff other people give me. You know, somebody else wrote that book. I'm just reacting to it. Some televangelist wrote this white copy. I'm just evaluating it. Like, that finally to me was like okay well you don't have to charge that much for this because like you're not doing anything but reacting to it and it what i love about it is that if you you pick it correctly 
it doesn't turn into a time suck more and more as more people join. Like mm. my my level of commitment stays exactly the same, mm. no matter how many people join. So all I have to do is keep doing it, and then I don't have to promote it except to just every once in a while, like for the televangelism group, I've done it already where I'm like, here's one thing I learned this week out of like 10 things yeah. in this group, if you want to check it out and join it. You know what I mean? It's like, like yeah. it's self-promoting because all you have to do is let people take a little peek inside yeah. of what's going on in there and that's it. And even then you're giving value. It's not just, yeah. oh, I'll decide what, what's new ad can I write for this? It's like, hey, let me take the number one thing that I thought was kick-ass or even the number three or four thing and mm-hmm. give people a sample. And it, at worst, they're going to come away and go, wow, that was that was eye-opening. Yeah, and it's low-priced enough where it's really easy to meet the bar of expectations. So, like, yeah. I've had things before where it's, like, a recurring fee, but I charge a lot. And then I feel bad if I didn't create some brand-new amazing thing that month. Here, I don't have to worry about that because, like, the, the, prop, the value proposition is... Like, sometimes I might read a book and it's terrible and I don't learn anything useful. You know? Like, that doesn't make the audience mad at me. I just pick a bad book. I'll try and pick a better one next time. You know, it's it's, not... The burden's not on me. Yeah. And I'm really excited about it because, like, like not a lot of my stuff is very newbie-friendly. It's kind of advanced Mm because I don't... I don't believe in teaching below your level because your best material is going to come when you teach at your level or, Mm -hmm. you know... That, that just gets the best stuff out of you. Interesting. But, but with this, like, I just created it, and it happens to be something that beginners can do. So I'm excited for that, because I feel like there's a lot of people that like me and like my stuff, but maybe are intimidated by some of the more expensive, right. advanced materials. Yeah. And this is like, like, I could see, like, retired moms and stuff being able to use this. Right. Because, right. like, you want to start an arts and crafts board? How about you get some people to throw some money your way, and then it's paid for. Right, right. Yeah, yeah today, this week we're gonna we're gonna sew uh, mittens, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm gonna show you how. And next week it's gonna be socks. It's the same thing as long as there's a shared interest. Uh, yeah, and that, it used to be, it used to be like an incredible barrier to entry to even think of setting something like that up. But yeah. now it's like five seconds to create a PayPal five seconds to set up a new AWeber list and then just connect the two and <laughs> you're done. That's yeah. the whole thing. Uh, after that, you just, you know, do whatever it is that you promised people you would let them see. And, uh, the more people pay you, the more you can spend on indulging that. It seems pretty cool to me. I love it. It's brilliant. Colin, I want to respect your time and keep this tight, but I have to ask, um, and maybe we could do a whole nother episode on this, but <laughs> uh, you give me your one, I mean, the, the, the idea of a cult, uh, it's to most people it just seems so foreign and, and complicated. Uh, and you know, I know this is a passion of yours and you're always transparent about the mechanisms you're using to sort mm-hmm. of grow a cult. And you said something interesting on a, a private call uh, last week. You, you said, you know, if, if basically if the shit hit the fan, you'd kind of be okay because you know how to start a cult, right? <laughs> right. So g- yeah. g- can you give me like the the one thing that if somebody just wanted to start comprehending how to grow a cult, like what's the one thing they need to understand? Like, okay, like like to grow a real cult, like as in... Yeah, let's like, just say like apocalyptic. Tele- like, like Mad Max happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I need to become a warlord of the wasteland <laughs> to survive. Yes, right. Okay, um... This is a big secret that actually applies to all persuasion of any level whatsoever. The trick is not that the persuader is powerful and knows magical things. The trick is that if you talk to enough people, there are enough people who are just easily suggestible that you can build basically anything you want, no matter how stupid it may sound to other people. And that is the entire trick, is that there are some people out there, and I don't want to make it sound like they're dumb, because mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with intelligence. Suggestibility has nothing to do with intelligence. It's just how resistant are you to do something someone else suggests that you do. Now, it, it took me a long time to learn this, because I'm a naturally like, like anti-authority kind of person. Like, mm-hmm. if you tell me to do something, that will make me not want to do it. Right. 
but the majority, the vast majority of people, I don't know if it's conditioning or it's just like biological or what, but the vast majority of people, unless what you're asking them to do is going to harm somebody directly or, or anything, like people tend to try to want to do things people ask them to do if it's reasonable. It's like considered rude to just not do what people ask. And some people take that so far as to where you can just inch by inch get them to do more and more and more just by asking. And the trick, if you wanted to start like a real world cult, and again, I, this is recently informed by the fact that I spend a few hours a week watching nothing but televangelists and read all their emails, their, their power is in the reach that they're able to get. And I learned this uh, from a documentary that I just watched. Uh, One best documentary in like 1972, I think. Mm. And it's called Marjo. And it's about uh, a kid who was raised as like a child televangelist. And he grew up and he's like a young man in the late 60s. And like he, he left the fold in like his teen years and ran away and like went to San Francisco and got involved in hippie culture and stuff as was the thing to do at that time, but when he would run out of money, he would come back to the Southeast and go on the circuit again and go do revivals and collect cash and then go live on the West Coast for six months. But what he said, he told one story, and I thought it was great, and he was talking about a preacher he knew who was on, he had a radio show, and the guy claimed to have the power of prophecy. And his psychic prediction would be something like, I I have a vision. The Lord has given me a vision out there of a little old lady, and she doesn't have much money. But what she does have, she she stashes in the house for a rainy day. And and let me tell you, your your grandmother, you you got $10 in the cookie jar. The Lord told me you need to take that out and put it in an envelope and send it to my ministry. And he's going to return that blessing on your life tenfold. And he said... The little old lady with $10 in the cookie jar thinks, oh, my God, this guy's psychic. He like, like the Lord gave him a vision of me. Right. He's like, the guy's on the radio in 40 states. Out of, like, the 15,000 people listening, there might be two or 300 little old ladies who have $10 in a cookie jar. So he just got, like, three grand in cash in the mail by making a completely vague guess right. because he just happened to be talking to enough people that it applied to. And and that struck me because, um, like many copywriters, as you know, like I have a passing interest in magic, right. like stage, stage magician stuff. Yeah. And that's the same trick that like uh, people who claim to have ESP have. Right. They, and they do a crowd demonstration. Right. They're basically like, uh, someone had a relative who died recently. And like, sure, yeah. someone I, in that audience Yeah, I see, I, see the, I see the letter B. I see the letter B. Or is it a P? Is it a P? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People start raising their hands. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that trick of you're not actually persuasive or magical. You're just talking to enough people Hmm. to where something's going to hit. Right. You know, Um, and really that ties back into the business side of things, too. Like we were talking about, if you cast a wide enough net and broadcast your inner goodness the way you really are, that's just going to click with some people. I'm sure every single person listening to this has met someone where you just instantly click, like fast friends. Right. You know, you just meet, and you know within minutes that you're like, that we're, we're the same in a very deep way. Yeah. Well, that really does happen in real life, but imagine if you, like, make a genuine effort to try and talk to hundreds and thousands of people via social media every day. That's going to happen more and more, and eventually you have, like, a little core audience of people who are, like, like true fans, they they don't feel like they just like you from afar. They interact with you. They're like a little core of apostles. If we want to continue the yeah. the the religious bent there, and mm. those people like they evangelize for you. They go out there and tell people how great all your stuff is. They buy everything you put out, and you get you know I, I forget who coined the term of a thousand true fans. It was like a blogosphere kind of buzz thing a few years back. But the idea is. If you get a thousand true fans and you put out a hundred bucks worth of product a year and those people buy everything you sell, that's a six figure business. And all you have to do is keep pleasing those fans and those fans will grow your audience for you because they're going to share what they love with people they know. Right. So it just grows and grows and grows. 
And all you ever have to do is try and make stuff to please the people who love you the most already. You know, mm, so it, it, right. it gets less and less difficult to do that because they love you for you and anything you put out is going to be something they like. Hmm. Laying down the wisdom. Colin Terrio, man, this was great, dude. We could go on. Uh, we could. I, I would really love to do a, another one with you if you'd be up for it. There's just so sure, much. Man. We've scratched the surface on a lot and, of these. And in case you didn't notice, I do like to talk. <laughs> well, I like talking to you, man. And, uh, you know, excited for all your success. It's been a lot of fun to watch because you've never stopped being you. Aside of growing a beard. It's the only <laughs> the only thing you did that, that changed, and I, I always love it because I always thought it was very Belushi esque. Uh, you know, well, you, well, the secret of that is all I did was quit inauthentically shaving, and the beard <laughs> magically appeared. <laughs> love it. All right, bro. Thanks for doing this. We'll do it again. And everybody, you can find uh, Colin. It's the best place. The Facebook group. You can request membership to. Uh, See if you go facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cult of copy, C O P Y. Or you could use cultofcopy.com. That is a shortcut link I have that's a little easier to remember. Perfect. We'll get those links in there. And uh, is there a a separate uh, website for the uh, micro memberships? Um, Since I'm doing the live training today, I don't know where it's going to live, but it'll be announced in the group when it finds a permanent place. Okay, cool. but yeah, eventually you'll be able to get the recording of that just like you can of every other thing I've ever taught inside the group. Awesome. Cool. All right, Colin. Thanks again for doing this and uh, good luck with everything, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash TAM, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com, and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.